Welcome to the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men, a place where men can find encouragement and strength to remain standing when the battles of life are closing in all around. A place where men will hear honest truth that will equip them and arm them to keep fighting in faith against the enemy's daily opposition. Gentlemen, you and I have been enlisted by God in the spiritual war as good soldiers of Jesus Christ, and the enemy wants to steal your joy and rob you of your peace. He wants to divide and destroy your marriages and your families. He wants to distract you from fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. And with his accusations and lies, he will tempt you to give in to fear, doubt, shame, and condemnation. But today, gentlemen, we refuse to allow him to take the win. And today we will stand in the victory that the Lord has won for us. Gentlemen, my brothers in Christ, welcome to the front line. Attack the objective! Well, hey, gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of the Frontline Podcast for Christian Men. Again, my name is Matt Noel, and I am just glad and thankful that I always start my podcast like this, don't I? What a lame entry to my podcast man i gotta get better at that i'm always starting it the same i apologize but whatever i'm grateful for you welcome thanks for taking your time to listen to today's podcast here in ontario canada it is a beautiful hot summer-like day it's only may 13th and it's like 30 degrees the last few days it's been beautiful beautiful stretch of weather and uh so i got if you're watching i got my pineapple shirt on (laughs) that's right crack this out during summer months anyways i'm not going to have a long intro on today's podcast i do want to get into today's topic uh but if you can see behind me i'm sporting the leafs jersey last night they lost in overtime to the lightning and now it's 3-3 going back to toronto we're going to see if they can get out of the first round this year i'm not too sure i am a leafs fan but if i'm honest i've watched maybe two minutes of hockey this year that's it there's probably tons of new players on there. I have no idea who they are. And uh, I know they've had a history-making year as far as points. I know Austin Matthews is having a stellar year. They're saying that he might win the MVP. But uh, other than that, I've just been too busy for sports, man. When <laughs> it, it is what it is. Ten years ago, you would have saw me watching every Leaf game, following them, knowing their stats, knowing the players, all that. But hey, times change. And so anyways, saying all that, I think tomorrow night, Hockey Night in Canada is going to be on Game 7, Leafs, Lightning in Toronto. I think I need to show some support and uh, watch my first game of the year at the most important, uh, also the most important game of the year. So we'll see what happens. I'm rooting for them. It'd be wonderful to see them go long into the deep into the playoffs and hey, even possibly win a cup, but you never know here in Canada. Eh? <clears throat> so... I want to jump right into today's topic. It's been a real challenge for me to get this podcast going today. Um, I it's it's a Friday afternoon actually. I'm recording. I I'm off a couple hours early on Fridays from my job. Normally I record on Saturdays, uh, but it's Saturday afternoon here, or excuse me, Friday afternoon here. My wife's wrapping up work. She'll be off work in an hour. Uh, my daughter's at my parents' house, hanging out with them, and my son's working right now. And so I thought. I had a gap here and just getting things going, starting with my motivation. It just, it was really hard to find. I find just things on my mind today. Um, You know how it goes, thoughts of life and 
responsibilities and I got a huge weekend of ministry. I, I'm, um, we're having a, a church garage sale tomorrow for some fundraising. And then um, Sunday I'm preaching at our Sunday service. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. My work, my work week this week was insane, crazy busy work week. But by the grace of God, we go on. So here I am, and I'm recording today's podcast. And so let's get to today's topic. Let's get this show on the road. What I want to talk about today on the podcast is something that a lot of uh, churches, I know this isn't a church, this is a podcast, but a lot of churches, a lot of Christians, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them would rather not talk about this this topic. And um, of course, if you're listening, you already know the title of the podcast, and so you know what I'm talking about, and that is the battle of our minds, the battle of your mind. And if if you are a Christian man listening I think that you would agree with me that your mind is an absolute battleground of the enemy. He loves to play with your thoughts. He loves to bring uh, past sins and failures that are literally of your past. They have nothing to do with you anymore. But Satan loves to remind you of those things. And he does that in the form of your thoughts. He loves to lie to you. He loves to try to discourage you, make you feel like you're unworthy, make you feel like you're too much of a failure and, and on and on. And so... Your mind can be a real uh, war zone for the enemy. But I, I feel it's a topic that we need to talk about um, as Christian men. And if you're listening today, maybe you have had your battles in your mind you know, throughout your life. Maybe you've gone through that and the Lord's delivered you from you know, the crazy battle that, was, that used to be at one point in your mind. Maybe a specific battle that you struggled with in your mind. Maybe anxiety, depression. Uh, some sort of mental health, um, even that word, even those those two words, a lot of Christians might consider, you know, faux pas. Uh, a, a Christian shouldn't uh, say the word mental health. Uh, sure, talk about physical health, talk about uh, spiritual health, emotional health, um, you know, relational health. Sure, no problem. But for some reason, I, I'm not sure why, when it comes to the topic of mental health, uh, uh, some Christians they get their back up and there's like the stigma within um the the christian church that if you are a christian and you struggle with quote mental health or depression or anxiety that you don't have enough faith um and 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 honestly maybe in some cases that could be maybe but it's certainly not all cases may i want to make that clear it's not uh and the struggle and the difficulty with the battle of the mind is that it's an invisible war. You don't you don't see it. It's not like guns are blazing out in the open and soldiers soldiers are swarming all around on the battlefield. It's an invisible war inside of our thoughts. And most Christians try to hide this battle. Most Christians try to suppress it, especially Christian men. They try to ignore it and pretend that it's not there because I'm man enough. I'm strong enough. I've got this. And if that's you, you need to get out of that mindset. 
that's not healthy in any way at all. You don't want to ignore, you would never ignore heart failure. You would never ignore a, a, a cancer spot or a tumor that they found. You would never ignore it and just pretend it's not there. You would deal with it. And so the same goes with our mental health, with the battles of our mind. Now, now I believe that, like I've already said, I believe that that Christians can struggle with mental health. Christians can struggle and battle with anxiety, depression, oppression, discouragement, heaviness, and all of those things. I believe on one level, Christians can battle those things. That is a battle for uh, Christian people. Just because we are Christians doesn't mean that we are exempt from the things of our flesh and the struggles that people in this world, this fallen world, will deal with. Um, so that that's that's my perspective on it. But but as Christians, I I believe that a lot, not all, um, possibly most of, but but certainly not all of again mental health. I'll use this those two words. Um, that even partly makes me cringe for whatever crazy reason, but but unhealth in the mind, thoughts that are not of God, uh, the battle of your mind, those things, most of that battle for Christian people, I believe, is spiritual warfare. Again, not all of it. Sometimes you might need to go see a doctor, a counselor, a therapist to to help with you know our thoughts. But I believe because of the war that we are in as Christian men, that most of the battle of our mind is spiritual warfare. But the truth is, is that real, honest, genuine Christian men who love Jesus, and they're not ashamed of that. They trust the Lord. They're seeking Jesus. Every day they wake up, they're seeking God. Uh, they are in this battle. They, they can easily find themselves in the battle of their minds. And some Christians will deal with this specific battle more than others. Maybe you're listening now and you're like, Matt, I've never struggled with a battle in my mind. And I would say to you, praise the Lord. Be grateful for that. But some of you other listeners might be listening and say, like, Matt, right now you are preaching to exactly what I'm going through right now. And, and so that's the reality. Some deal with it more than others. You might deal with it at specific times in your life uh, when there's maybe higher stress levels. I think that's more of a natural um, time where people will struggle with their mind. But some of you might be dealing with it like every moment of every day. And and it just, it is what it is. You, you might be uh, of the type where you could be on vacation with your family or celebrating like Christmas or a birthday or some sort of special occasion where it's celebration and happiness and joy and your wife is just happy and you know you have you have time off work and and your kids are so glad to have you home and you're traveling you know you're on the beach and and the sun is shining beautiful and the weather is perfect and the water's in the beach the waves are crashing in is beautiful and everyone's having fun except for you because in your mind, there's a war that is raging. And I know I've experienced that. I've experienced that. I know the pain of that. If you are experiencing that, I understand that battle. But this is a reality that we sometimes will have to face as Christian men and followers of Jesus. You could be in church, in the house of God, with God's people worshiping God with singing and listening to a sermon from the word of God and you are at war in your mind 
the battle of your thoughts, the battle of your mind. Yes, even in the house of God. And I know this battle is a reality. I know it to be true. And I'm very passionate about this topic because God, about six years ago, allowed me to enter into a season where, for whatever reason, he allowed the battle within my mind and within my thoughts to take a whole new level. And up until this point, I saw and experienced spiritual warfare in, you know, in the physical realm uh, with, with other people. But then six years ago, God allowed me to enter into a season where it was this internal battle that Matt Knoll, this guy right here talking to you, um, has entered into and still have uh, some pretty severe moments where the, the battle is very intense. And I have no problem being very transparent with this right now. I, I don't. I have no shame in talking about this because I want this to be a source of help for you. Whether you're watching, whether you're listening, doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter who, your status, your your anything, your reputation, none of that stuff. Doesn't matter your job, your position, your career, your your social status, your economic status, none of that. Doesn't matter what house you live in, what car you drive. I want this to be a place where we can all come to the to level ground and understand that the battle of the mind is very real at different levels and in different intensities for Christian men. And it's funny because I entered into this battle at the exact same time where my wife and I were prayerfully asking the Lord if our time at our previous church where I was an associate pastor, I was there for about six years, we were praying if our time was done there and we were going to go join my dad at the church that he and my mom planted, you know, going back seven years ago now. And it was at the exact moment where we, we, we prayed for two years and God said no. And finally, at the time where he released us from our former church is when this attack, I call it an attack. I believe it, it, it is part of an attack, but, but I believe that God allowed it. And, and I know that my faith is grow, has grown stronger the last six years because of it. Did you hear what I just said? My faith in Jesus, my faith in God, in his promises, in his truth has increased, gentlemen, because of the battle of my mind. This battle and maybe other battles, not of the mind that you're dealing with, God will use battles. God will use trials. God will use temptations and failure to draw us to a place of new strength and new grace, and new wisdom, and new revelation of who Jesus Christ really is, and what the Word of God really is, and what it really is speaking. And that's been my experience. And so I entered this battle, and my faith has grown. And I and I think of the Apostle Paul. You know, if you know your Bible, I'm sure you've heard of Paul. Paul loved Jesus. At one point, he didn't, but now he loves Jesus. He's preaching Jesus. He's getting great revelations of Jesus, of heaven, of the spiritual realm, of the of the Word of God, of the Church of Jesus Christ, and 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 God. The Bible says in Second I think it's Second Corinthians chapter twelve, where God allowed a messenger of Satan to buffet Paul, meaning to harass him to a certain level in order to keep him humble. And in that process, there was what the Bible says, a thorn in his flesh. Now, it wasn't a literal thorn in his flesh. There was some sort of infirmity, some sort of um, injury, some sort of illness, some sort of affliction in Paul's body 
that he had to endure. And the Bible says that three times Paul cried out to God, Lord, please take this this fleshly um, affliction from me. Take it from me, God. I can't handle this anymore. Can you relate with that prayer? Can you relate with that prayer? Lord, I can't take this anymore. This is too much for me, God. I'm I'm losing my mind. I cannot take this anymore. That was what Paul prayed to God three times. And Jesus told Paul, Paul, I'm not taking it, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, but my strength, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect, and my grace is sufficient for you. And that's the answer for you, and that's the answer for me right now. If there is something in your life, possibly a battle of your mind, that it just seems like God is not taking from you. Maybe it's another struggle. Maybe it's another health condition. Maybe it's marriage problems. Maybe it's problems with at your job, in your finances, whatever it might be. Maybe God hasn't just taken it from you because he, he has it there to keep you humble, to keep you close to God, to keep you walking near to God in faith, trusting him, staying close to him. And that thing, that thorn in your flesh is the thing that's keeping you close to Jesus and his grace, which is sufficient for you. And so be encouraged with that, that if you're feeling weak, Jesus promised that his strength is made perfect in your weakness. But the reality is regarding the battle of our mind as Christian men, anxiety is a real thing. And that's been the biggest thing that I've had to wrestle with and work through and pray through and and talk with my wife about and talk with some other trusted men about in my life who I, I love dearly and I find very close and I can trust them. Uh, and I shared this unashamedly about a year ago on the podcast. I, I talked about my battle with anxiety. Um, also, depression is a real thing. You know, that 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 heaviness, you walk around feeling like like you're carrying an elephant and it makes no sense because you're on vacation at the beach with your family and yet you feel this this weight that you can't explain. You can't explain it. It doesn't make any logical sense. It doesn't make any natural sense. You're trying to figure these things out and it's just this whirlwind and storm inside of your mind and inside of your thoughts and you actually feel it physically. You feel it physically. You feel your nerves in your physical body tremble, shake. I've had times where it, it would come on strong and I'm praying in Jesus' name against it and I'm trying to take authority and my even my physical body and my nerves are just shaking because of an anxious thoughts, anxiety, um, irrelevant, irrational thoughts straight from the enemy's voice that just want to try to cripple me or cripple you in fear. Do you understand what I'm saying? Can you relate with that? But anxiety, depression, and mental illness is real. And like I said, we are not exempt from it, from it. Christians are not exempt from it. This is part of the spiritual war that we are in. But the reality is, the truth is, praise God, is that you and I as Christian men, we have the victory in Jesus. Amen? You know that old song? I used to have an old pastor way back when, when I was in youth group. And he used to always love singing that old hymn. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. And he used to love singing about the victory that we have in Jesus. And that is the victory that we have right now. You have, as a follower of Jesus, listen to me, man. Listen, gentlemen, right now, as you're driving, as you're working, wherever you are, maybe you're working out, listening 
to my voice right now. You need to understand that God has given you the victory. We are victory despite the battle that is in your mind. Because the Lord is with his people and God is greater than the battle in your mind. And the church said, amen, right? God is greater. Praise the Lord. That makes me rejoice to know that in those dark times, those times where it's at a high level, you can stop and say, devil, despite how I feel right now, despite the battle that is raging in my mind right now, I know that my God is greater. My God is greater. Now, in some cases, seeing a therapist and maybe a, a, a Christian counselor would, would be helpful. If you do see a counselor, I would recommend seeing a Christian one because you're going to get scripture and biblical truth. And that is what we need to combat this. Sometimes doctors can help with prescribing medication. In some cases, there are cases regarding mental health. Yes, even for Christians in their, in their brain, in their, in, in, in there's chemical imbalance. Sometimes that is the case where then things are not healthy and they have to get readjusted and realigned and listen to me there's no shame in that if you are sick and you have a stomach ache you will take medicine to calm your stomach again if you have cancer you're going to take you know chemotherapy or whatever treatments to battle against that cancer if you cut yourself you put a band-aid on possibly if you're dealing with mental health uh chemical imbalance in this area then you will get prescribed safe you know monitored medication from your doctor who knows your physical body and it could pot potentially help you i have no problem with that and neither should you have problem with that but but God ultimately is our source. That's what we need to remember. That despite all those things which can help and are helpful and we can be grateful for, the Lord is your source of help. The Bible says that God is a very present help in times of need. And so if you are in a battle of your mind, you are in a time of need. God is there to help you. You need to know that. Listen to the words of David, a man of God. He loved the Lord. We know that. David's very famous in the Christian world. In Psalm 143, verses 1 to 12, I'm going to read this. This is the words of David, a man of God. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my plea. Answer me because you are faithful and righteous. Don't put your servant on trial, for no one is innocent before you. My enemy has chased me. He has knocked me to the ground and forces me to live in darkness like those in the grave. I'm losing all hope. I'm paralyzed with fear. I remember the days of old. I ponder all your great works and think about what you have done. I lift my hands to you in prayer. I thirst for you as parched land thirsts for rain. Come quickly, Lord. Answer me for my depression deepens. Don't turn away from me or I will die. Let me hear of your unfailing love each morning for I am trusting you. Show me where to walk for I give myself to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I run to you to hide me. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing for the glory of your name. O oh Lord, preserve my life because of your faithfulness. Bring me out of this distress. In your unfailing love, silence all my enemies and destroy all my foes, for I am your servant. 
I love that that is in the Bible. God did not hide that from us. God put that inspired by God, the Holy Spirit, to be written in the scriptures so that we could see that David dealt with depression and he cried out to God, Lord, save my life. I run to you, to, to, to your faithfulness, to, to find a place of hiding and security. He's like, Lord, bring me out of my distress. In your unfailing love, silence my enemies. Man, I love that. He's like, Lord, I trust you despite his depression. So you just right there is a source of encouragement. If David dealt with it, then we will at times deal with it. Psalm 94, 17 to 19. Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have soon settled in silence. If I say my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. And then listen to this, what the psalmist writes. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. There was a time going back about 10 years ago, I woke up one morning before my wife, it was a work day, I had to get ready for work and I'm telling you, my anxiety was really high. And I read this verse for the very first time, the Lord led me to this Psalm, Psalm 94 verse 19. I read it for the very first time. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. It's either verse 18 or 19 in Psalm 94. And I would encourage you to read that yourself. But when I read it that morning, it just, the Holy Spirit just ministered to me that God, despite the multitude of the anxieties within me, your comfort delights my soul. And we know the scripture in Philippians 4, verse 6 to 8. Don't worry or be anxious about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. And then you will experience God's peace. And everybody said, yes, amen. Listen, there's nothing more in this life that I want than God's peace. I don't want, I, I would rather have God's peace than more money, than a, than a better career, than more fame, more, more podcast listens, anything, anything. Bigger house, nicer car, nice watch, any of that stuff. I want God's peace. I want to be able to lay my head down at night. Despite the battle in my mind, despite the battle all around me in the spiritual war, I want to lay my head on my pillow with the peace of God. And he says, pray, tell God what you need and his peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand, will guard your hearts and your minds. And he says, as as you live in Christ Jesus and now, dear brothers, he says one final thing. Listen to this, gentlemen, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. We have a thought life. You have a thought life. I have a thought life. And our thoughts at times will remind us of good memories from our past, our thought life. And at the same time, or it can switch on a dime, Our thoughts can remind us of horrible memories from our past. Our thoughts at times will make us feel excited about things coming to us in the future. And at times, our thoughts will make us be feeling fearful and worried about things coming in the future. And the Bible tells us to think of things that are lovely and right and pure and trustworthy and honorable. Those are the things that we need to set our thoughts upon. Our thoughts at times will give us peace and rest and happiness and satisfaction in our present circumstances. And our thoughts at times will attempt to rob us of hope, joy, peace, happiness in our present circumstances. Our mind, our thoughts, gentlemen, like I said already, they can be an absolute, massively real war zone for 
the enemy. Now, in the Christian, in the Christian man, listen, not every wrong thought or lie or anxious thought is from the devil. We live in a fallen world. We live in a broken world. We live in sinful flesh with sin and evil and darkness and perversion that's all around us. We all know that to be absolutely true. It's only getting worse. And some of that is bound to creep in. Some of culture, some of darkness, some of the perversion, some of the fear, some of the chaos that's all around us in our life, it's bound to creep in. But we are called again to fix our thoughts on things that are right, things that are of the Lord. This is why we need to stay in God's word. This is why we need to every day have some sort of time where we are fixing our mind, our thoughts. We are getting it into our thoughts, the word of God, the truth of the word of God. But nonetheless, despite the natural thoughts that can cause anxiety and battles in our mind, our thoughts are a very real target of the enemy. In 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, listen, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Our, we do battle. We do spiritual battle in God, in Jesus. Our weapons are not carnal. right? We're not swinging a natural sword at our thoughts. We are fighting in the spirit fighting in the things of God in the spiritual realm by faith. And in doing so, we are bringing every thought in the battles of our mind. This can be a daily, this can be an hourly, this can be a constant thing, a continual thing, part of the battle. We're bringing it into captivity to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Amen? So let me ask you, what thoughts right now are you battling? What currently right now are the thoughts that you are battling? The thoughts that are causing you, gentlemen, to lose sleep, causing you to be afraid, causing you to sin. We can battle thoughts that, that we allow our bodies and our hearts to, to take action according to that battle of, of our thoughts, and it can cause us to sin. What are those thoughts that are causing you <clears throat> to doubt God right now? Answer those questions honestly as you're listening to this, because this war that we all will battle, like we've talked about, God knows all about it. God knows exactly all about the battle that you are in, in your mind, and the battle that I am fighting in my mind. God knows all about it. That makes me feel so relieved to know that the Lord, my Father God, knows all about this battle. Listen again, Psalms 139. I love the Psalms, especially when it comes to the battle of our thoughts. Psalms 139, verse 1 to 2. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. God knows all of our thoughts, gentlemen, even when we're far away. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter how far you think God is. God knows every single thought that you are fighting right now. And then in verse Five, David says, Lord, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Despite God knowing all of David's thoughts, God still puts his blessing over David. Did you hear that? 
despite the battle, despite the lies that would try to bring you to a low, dark place, despite that reality of the battle, God still puts his hand of blessing upon you. Believe that by faith. Amen. And then David says in verse 7 to 10, Psalm 139, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, God, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me. Your strength will support me. Despite God knowing all of his thoughts, God was always faithfully there with David. Amen? The Lord knows about the battle in your mind, gentlemen. He knows every single thought, every single one of them. And reality is, in our world that we live in, we live in a world right now where people do whatever they think. If you're watching, I was pointing my hard head. (laughs) People do whatever they think. They think it, they do it, right? They fantasize about something, then they then they want to do it. And this leads to a lot of darkness, a lot of destruction, a lot of devastation within marriages, within families, within within men who who one time were serving God and then they gave in to their thoughts and they began to act upon their thoughts. And it was not part of God's plan for them. It's not God's will that we just do whatever we think. Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Excuse me. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Another version says, don't copy the behavior of the world. Don't just do what the world does. The the world, again, they just do whatever they think. You know, especially on weekends. Weekends come, okay, time to party, party hardy. No, you know, don't got to work, don't got to get up early. I can go out and just do whatever I think. And that is not what we are called to do as Christian men. We are not to be conformed to this world. We're not to copy the behaviors and customs of the world. We are to be transformed in how we live. We are to be different in how we live. How? How is it going to happen? By changing the way we think. What are we putting our thoughts on? What are we What are we thinking about? That is the battle. We have to be thinking about the things that are of God in order so that we don't just do what our natural, fleshly, sinful thoughts are wanting us to do. Hope that makes sense. But we change the way we think. This is part of the battle. And sometimes it's really hard to change our thoughts. And this is when we rely fully upon God. When you don't know how to take control of your thoughts, like I sometimes struggle with, I'm like, Lord, I have no idea how to handle this right now. But I am fully trusting in you. I'm not going to give in to the battle of my thoughts. Now, I want you to notice something here. We know this passage in Ephesians 6 really well. I'm going to read it really quickly. I know there's a lot of scripture here, but I want, because of because of sometimes Christians being unsure of mental health, anxiety, depression, all that stuff, I wanted to make sure I had a lot of verses here from the word of God to back up everything what I'm saying. But notice this in Ephesians 6. This is about the, the warfare that we are in. I'm just going to read this. 
A final word, be strong in the Lord. There it is again. Be strong, not in yourself, but be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. The unseen world. Notice that. Our battle is against the unseen world. The invisible battle of the mind. The unseen world. You don't see it naturally. You don't sense it naturally. Is a a warfare in the unseen world. A lot of times happening right in here in our mind. In our thoughts. And and then it goes through about the, the the peace put on the armor of God. And we know that you can read that sometime on your own in Ephesians chapter 6. But notice the last piece here, almost the last piece. It says in verse 17, And put on salvation as your helmet. And then take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. But notice that, salvation as your helmet. What is salvation? I'm going to read this to you. Salvation in Christianity, salvation is also known as deliverance or redemption. It is the saving of human beings from sin and its consequences, which include death and separation from God by Christ's death and resurrection and the justification following this salvation. That is what salvation is. It is Jesus dying for our sins in our place, rising back to life by the power of the Holy Spirit, ascending to heaven where he is today, waiting for God to his father to send him to take his people home to be with him forever. That's it, it in a nutshell. We have salvation by the grace of God. It is a, is a free gift of grace given to us, to those who believe and receive it by faith. We are saved in the Ephesians 2. We are saved by grace through faith. It's right in Ephesians 2. You can read that. But notice that we are to put on the helmet of salvation. Now in war, a soldier wears a helmet. That helmet is to protect his brain. Right, Because if, if he gets a bullet or an arrow or whatever at his head, he needs it to be protected because there's something called a, a, a headshot. And you get a headshot, it's known also as a kill shot. You're dead. And so when it comes to our salvation, listen carefully, gentlemen. Satan wants to lie to you in your thoughts, trying to convince you that God doesn't love you, that you are no longer saved, you've lost your salvation, and, and that you are damned. And all of those for Christian people who've put their faith in Jesus Christ for their salvation, all of those thoughts are completely lies. And that is a massive attack of the enemy in the battle of your mind. A few years ago, probably going back five, six years ago, I went through a few weeks straight of dealing with this battle. I remember driving home from work, driving to work throughout my work there. I remember these thoughts that I am no longer saved. And then if I died, I would be lost for eternity. And that is insane because I never, I've never turned on Jesus. I've never forfeited my faith. That's a whole other podcast. But the Bible says that there will be a day where many people turn from their faith because they give in to seducing spirits of doctrines and of demons. That's right in, in scripture as well. Paul wrote that. And so I had these lies just battling my mind. It would cause me to lose my appetite. I would go home and and struggle to eat supper because I didn't want 
my family to know of the this, this struggle that it was making me feel sick. It, it was awful. It was awful. And so it's important that we have the helmet of salvation on, that no, I am saved, that, that the Bible says that when I am saved, I am sealed by the Holy Spirit. I am eternally saved, that, that there is such a thing as eternal salvation, but there's also a thing of forfeiting your faith. We're not going to get into that. I, some people believe that, others don't. I do. And it's in the Bible. But again, I don't want to get deep into that. But the reality is Satan wants to lie to you to make you feel like you no longer have salvation and that God doesn't love you anymore. Those th- those are all lies. And it's a massive attack. That's one of the major attacks of the battle of the mind that Christians go through. He will say things to you like you've gone too far. You have failed too much. You've disappointed God. You are a fake. You're a fraud. You're a phony. You're nothing but a failure. And he will throw these lies and bombard these lies. And this is why we need the helmets of our salvation, that we are saved by the blood of Jesus, that we are saved by the grace of God, by our faith in Jesus Christ, that he is our Lord, our Savior, our great God, who's coming again. That is our act of faith. That is our profession of faith. By that alone, we are saved in Ephesians 2. We cannot lose that helmet of salvation. Now, I'm not going to, for the sake of time, I was going to read another fairly long passage of scripture, but it's the story of Elijah in 1 Kings 19. I'm not going to read it. I'm going to quickly paraphrase it. Uh, I encourage you, if you haven't read that story, um, in 1 Kings 18, Elijah sees the power of God uh, send fire down on Mount Carmel and destroy all the false prophets. There's 850 prophets, false prophets, and, and Elijah, who's who is a prophet of God. And they're at like they're combating to see who the real God is and and they're praying for their God, you know, the Baal, oh Baal, send fire down and of course nothing happened because Baal's a false god and after, you know, hours and hours of them, you know, scraping their skin and 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 crying out, you know, and wailing and weeping to to their false god and nothing happened, Elijah then cries out to God of the God of heaven and God sends fire down and consumes the altar and then destroys all the false prophets of Baal. And this was a great victory for the prophet Elijah. This is one of those high moments that you and I can have. We're feeling close to God. We're feeling strong in our faith. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And then in 1 Kings 19, the Bible says that the, 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 the king, his name is King Ahab of Israel. He was a wicked king. His wife Jezebel, who was a real piece of work, she was a very evil, um, dark woman. And, and she uh, is told by Ahab, her husband, of what happened and what Elijah did. And so she, being so evil and, and full of darkness, sent a message, a messenger, to Elijah saying, in 24 hours, you're dead. You're dead in 24 hours. And Elijah just had this massive victory. And you think he would stand his ground and be like, what are you talking about? I'm not going to listen to some message through a woman. This is like him receiving a text message from, you know, saying you're going to die in 24 hours. Like, no, no, no. You know, delete, throw your phone, you know, in, in the drawer and say, forget that. I'm victorious in God. Right. But instead, he the Bible says that he ran for his life. And he ran out to the wilderness. And it says that after a day of, of journeying, which again is 24 hours, he's still alive. So already he knows that 24 hours has gone by and he's not dead. 
but he's still in fear. And the Bible says he finds a tree and he gets, he falls, to, you know, in, in despair under this tree. And he, he asks God to kill him. He says, Lord, kill me. I can't take this anymore. And, and he actually says that multiple times, like, I can't take this anymore. And by the grace of God, God meets him. God sends an angel and the angel gives him food um, and it revives him, uh, you know, and, and God is showing that God is there for him. And God met him right where he was. But Elijah is in despair. Elijah's in a battle of his mind. It, it, this is only a message, a message, just information, just words saying, I'm going to kill you. And it, it didn't happen. And yet this shows that the battle of the mind, when you even just receive an email, a, a phone call, a text message, you know, a comment on your social media, and it just, it can rock you. It can shake you to the core. So much so where he's telling God he wants to die. This is a battle of his mind. He's not in his right mind, but God came and met him exactly where he was. And he's like, Elijah, what are you doing here? This is not my will for you. I want you to trust me during these battles. I want you to trust me like you did in chapter 18 on the Mount Carmel. You trusted me then. I came through with you then. Now, what are you doing? Now you're running for your life from a, from a text message. What are you doing here? Is, is the question that God asked him. And he had some excuses and all that. And I don't want to get to, I'm not going to get deep into it because there's so much I want to break down. He claimed to be the last of the prophets. And yet Obadiah in the previous chapter hid some prophets. So, and Elijah knew there were still prophets alive, but he's like, I'm the only one left, right? It's like, it's like that whole, you know, you might hear it from your kids. Like everybody's going, you know, it's just that exaggeration, right? Lord, I'm the only one left. I've been faithful to you. I want to die. Kill me now. It's over. It's hopeless. And God's like, what are you doing here? And, and I'm sure there's been times in my life where God's like, Matt, what are you doing? What are you doing? I know the battle's real. I know the fear's real. I know the warfare is exhausting and draining and tiring and discouraging and hard and constant. I know that, you know, God would say, but what are you doing? Have I not proven myself faithful to you time and time and time again? Have I not proven myself to be your source of strength when you are weak? Has my grace not come through in times where you're feeling like it's despair and hopeless? And my response to that is absolutely yes, Lord. Forgive me. I just, this battle, this battle is real. And the Bible talks about in Elijah, this great prophet of God who later on in his life, I think it was six years later or so, He's taken to heaven up in a cloud. He's just, God just takes him to heaven. And so you read about Elijah, you think about Elijah, this great godly man. But in the book of James, it says that Elijah was just a man like you and me. It's right there in the Bible, in the book of James. I'm not sure what, uh, it's James 5.17. You can read it yourself. It says, Elijah was as human as we are. And so you can find comfort in knowing that, look at the massive battle. Listen, I've never asked God to kill me. I've never asked the Lord to kill me. I've never prayed that I would die. And I thank the Lord for that. But I've had some very open, honest, very transparent, very real, very emotional, <laughs> very, very raw times of prayer with God. So much so where I'm like, Lord, am I even able to talk like this with you in front of you? But God, here I am. I'm laying it all on the line. 
This battle in my mind is too intense, too strong, and, and God has been faithful. And even during those times, gentlemen, where you're sitting under a tree asking God to, to kill you, God, God still comes and meets you. He still comes and meets you. And part of that story was there was a storm and, a, and, and wind and, 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 and just this chaos around and, and then this still small voice from God. And it says that God wasn't in the, the, the wind and the, and, and the storm. And again, I'm paraphrasing, but it says that God was in the still small voice. And so even right now, I'm just praying that even the Holy Spirit right now in your storm, in your battle right now of your mind, that God would speak in his still small voice to you and he would speak your his peace into your heart into your mind over your thoughts in jesus name i just pray that god lord you would just minister to those people right now for each man listening in jesus name that you would comfort their thoughts that you would guard their thoughts lord that you'd push back the lies of the enemy that god you'd come and stand in the gap lord for those men who are so weak right now they feel they have no ability to fight right now in jesus name lord i I just intercede for them right now i stand in the gap for them right now lord i pray that your spirit would comfort those men right now in jesus name that you would guard their mind protect their mind in jesus name that lord you would bring them to a new season of joy and rest and peace lord i come against all anxiety and depression in the name of jesus all darkness all discouragement all heaviness i break in jesus name in jesus mighty name lord minister to your men right now god by the power of your holy spirit god meet them right now just like you did for elijah god under that broom tree in a in a state of despair and and hopelessness with suicidal thoughts. He wanted to die. God, I pray for those men right now in Jesus' name. I just come against in Jesus' name every spirit of suicide right now. If there's any man listening right now that's been battling suicidal thoughts, I break that lie in Jesus' name. I push back that voice of the enemy, that evil spirit of darkness that would try to, to, to lie and give suicidal thoughts. I break that. I silence that. I command it to stop right now in Jesus' mighty name. I push it back in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. God, minister to your people. These men are your men. They are your men. Lord, those who are listening right now, they are men of God who love Jesus and trust in Jesus. But Lord, they're at war. They are at war in their mind. And God, they are looking to you. We're looking to you right now, Father, for comfort and hope and perfect peace that God, only you can bring. So Father, I thank you. I thank you that you are aware of our thoughts today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just felt inclined of the Holy Spirit there to pray for you, gentlemen. And I trust that you felt ministered to by God's Spirit, by His love that He has towards you. If you need anything, please reach out to me. Email me, standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Many of you have reached out for prayer. You've let me know about things that you're going through. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I want to connect with you. You can reach me on Instagram at the frontline man. I'd love to connect with you there. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I pray that you are experiencing breakthrough in your life today as you listen. If 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 you need anything, if you need any prayer, you can reach out to me. So until next time, gentlemen, just keep standing strong in your faith. Keep fighting on the front line and know that God is with you. And he's aware of your battle. He's aware of the battle. And he's fighting for you. Amen? He's fighting for you. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me on The Frontline. 
contact me at standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Standingonthefrontline at gmail.com. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, keep standing, keep fighting for the glory of God.